Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. Chris Dighton is the State Operations Manager for the Salvos Accommodation and Homelessness Services in Queensland. And he shares with us a new innovative program the Salvos have been running in Queensland for the last few years, a different approach to helping the homeless. Chris, before you talk about that new innovation, can you um, give us a snapshot of what the Salvos are doing for the homeless in Queensland? Oh, we oversight uh, about 10, 10 sites running about 21 programs across the state. And um, through those programs, we're supporting um, through residential and community-based accommodation models, uh, people in homelessness. And so that's all cohorts across um, single women, single men, families, family domestic violence, uh, mental health supports, etc. Do you have figures on how many people in total? Look, we're, we're supporting anywhere on any given night, 110 families across the state. The far majority of those in um, community-based housing models, and we're anywhere up around the 150 um, to 170 odd individuals across the state as well. Yeah, are you thinking that it's probably the same in the other states? Look, our, our data in Queensland, I think, would generally reflect some of the national averages. It does differ a little bit from state to state. I really can't comment too much on on the other states. Basically, you know, based in in Queensland. So fill us in on the new approach that the Salvos are using to help the homeless. It's a, a new innovative program that we've been launching in Queensland in the last few years. Uh, in in respect of our um, impact on on families and individuals from a, a front of house sense, we've had to create a, an upfront intervention team. So that team from front of house takes all the phone calls, all that front up assessment, referral sort of work. And um, what they do is they, they focus from a philosophy now, working alongside people where they're looking to house people into the best accommodation they possibly can first off. So they're trying to um, redirect people away from coming into a crisis accommodation shelter if possible. And that's had some really good outcomes for us. Um, in the last six months, family-wise, we've had 382 families um, contacting us through that service, and uh, 56% of those people assisted have gone into some other form of accommodation or housing rather than having to come through a crisis centre. And 60% of those successful outcomes for us have been into private rental. So as, as much as, yes, we've got an affordable housing issue across the, the nation, and it is severe, um, we're still able to actually tap some people um, back into that that. Um, um, affordable housing stuff through private rental. So that would do a lot for their self-esteem, wouldn't it? Look, totally so. And um, for, for some people, I think, when you want to talk about self-esteem, self-worth, if it's the first time you've actually had to pick up a phone and phone an organisation like the Salvation Army for help, that has an impact on you. As a, as a parent, uh, as a father, as a mother, taking care of your children, being the providers for your children, Having to actually ring, pick that phone up and ring a service and say, actually, I need help, I'm not coping, is, is, a, is a big struggle, I think, for people. And so when we can have a response at front of house um, that is supportive of the person, is able to look for other alternatives rather than coming into um, straight into a crisis accommodation space, then able to support them um, where they might have fallen out of, of rental, back into that, or where they've fallen out of housing, um, to be able to come up with other alternatives for their tenancy um, is huge. What sort of a success rate is there 
being able to get themselves back on their feet again. That's really interesting. I know that we're somewhere up around between the 60 to 70% of people that are coming through um, our supports are moving on into secure and sustainable housing. Um, we don't quite have a figure yet. We're still working on some really good outcomes measurement on the back end and some longitudinal studies um, with the University of Queensland as well and researching that space to find out those particular figures long term. Um, but I can state that we're somewhere between that 60-70% across services um, exiting into secure and sustainable housing. That's amazing. Yeah, it is quite a, a number. It's taken quite a lot of work. Um, I think we, we changed our philosophy and our thinking quite a few years ago and we stopped, um, I think, looking at, well, well, what is the next housing that's best for someone? And shouldn't we accept the best accommodation model first off rather than last off? So instead of looking at you know, the boarding houses as next accommodation or caravan parks or whatever the case may be, let's go to private rental first off and let's go for the best that we possibly can and work our way down the housing continuum, down the housing list, until we've accepted the first best accommodation for that person that we possibly can, rather than starting at the bottom of that accommodation list and working your way up and accepting probably the worst accommodation first off. And so that thinking and going, well, hang on a sec, okay, yes, it is hard with um, affordable housing in Australia, but at the same time, let's explore that with the person. How do you make that happen financially? It is a struggle. Everybody's situation, I think, is very different. Um, having that upfront intervention team in that space and, and doing that work, um, and I think having those conversations with someone around uh, your budgets, how you balance that up, uh, what things may you do a little less of so that you, know, you have a little bit more maybe towards your rental and trying to, to work those things together. For some people, um, falling into homelessness for the first time uh, may not have been a budget issue. It may have been other stresses and impacts and stuff on the family that have pushed them in, out of their, um, their housing tenure. Right. It's so amazing to see the work, and so it's kind of like pretty clear where the money goes when people donate to RSA, to the Red Shield Appeal, right? Look, definitely so. And I think um, without Red Shield Appeal, we would find it extremely difficult um, to operate our services. Uh, when we talk about things like the upfront intervention team, um, it's a great piece of work, having some really good results. They're taking over 2,000 phone calls per month now. Yeah. When it started, it was around the 500. That particular team is fully Red Shield funded. It comes completely out of our support funding yeah. to operate that and do our work differently in that space. Well, I think without community support, we wouldn't be able to do that. We wouldn't have the dollars to, to push into innovations like that yeah. and have different outcomes. And your figures are Queensland only, aren't they? Correct. So multiply that by the rest of the states. Oh, exactly right. And, you know, if you if you think we're just um, having 2,000 phone calls per month inward bound, that's huge. You multiply that across the whole nation and there there is a lot of need and um, a lot of response. That's Chris Dighton, the State Operations Manager for the Salvos Accommodation and Homelessness Services in Queensland. This is Light and Life. To contact us, go to salvos.org.au slash radio.